the college experience final four preview and picks episode on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by WinBet. get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500 terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use the promo code March30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL, promo code March30. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure you subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Capper Contest at PicksWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadeau, and more. See what S expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner takes all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. This is Dan Dickow, and you are listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome to the college experience final four picks and Roy Williams and Chris beard talk. Oh man. My name is Colby swinging database Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick and I'm joined by the DFS God himself. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking homebrew making Tobacco Road living, the free lock given. Farmer, farmer, Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What is going on, man? How we doing this Thursday? Is there anything going on in the sports world? I swear, I don't know if it's all April Fool's shit or what, but uh, I mean, Roy Williams retires. And I got reports that I mean he was such a dinosaur though. If, if uh, you know, and I like Roy Williams as a, he seems like a nice guy. But I'm saying, uh, uh, I saw a report saying he doesn't like the direction college basketball is headed. I'm like, oh, you get you finally can't lock down players for this long, and uh, transfers. You know, I don't know. I just well, find it like, come on, dude. Like, well, the guy is 70 years old. Okay, I don't know if you should expect anybody in their 70s to be the most progressive people in the world. I mean, he's, 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 he's been doing this for a long time. You're kind of setting your ways. I mean, you you're in your thirties and you get, you know, crotchety and angry with, with some of these new things. So, I mean, the guy's in his seventies, a uh, hell of a run. This came as a surprise. Uh, I've met Roy Williams. He is a nice guy as a Duke fan. As much as I like hated Dean Smith, I could never get around to hating Roy Williams. Um, but it, it definitely came out of the blue. And, you know, I, I heard some reports that people were saying there were rumblings 
a week or two ago. It, it's funny because a week or two ago you didn't hear of these rumblings, but now people are saying that they were taking place. You know, <laughs> so who knows? But um, I, it's a be, it'll be interesting to see where UNC turns from here. But hell of a career for for Roy, for Roy Williams, and uh, I don't blame him if he wants to. You know, enjoy his golden years uh, on a sandy beach somewhere. I saw people saying Jerry Stackhouse, and I'm like, are they sure they want? I mean, look, I like Jerry Stackhouse. I I know the injuries have plagued Vanderbilt for him and Bryce Drew, and I know Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, I think I think he's a decent coach, but it's it's unproven right now. So I mean, who do you turn to? Obviously, I think Brad Stevens and Porter Moser would be on the the radar, but I think they also might want to go with the Carolina guy. I don't know. What do you think? Some people were saying Hubert Davis, who's been the assistant coach there, you know, for, I don't know, four or five years, maybe, um, you know, obviously when I heard the news, my first reaction is who might they get? And without having time to think about it, I was kind of drawing a blank. Obviously you mentioned some names that come up with it, with any big job like Stevens or Moser. I don't know if they're realistic. I, I mean, UNC is a top five job in the country easily. Um, what do you feel about Stackhouse versus Hubert Davis? Since I've heard a couple people mention those names. Well, I think uh, Hubert Davis would be the easier transition. He's already there. I know. Okay. Stackhouse is probably the bigger name, but I mean, Hubert Davis, a guy that played in the NBA for a while and uh, he's, he's only been coaching for four or five years though. That's that's true. But at least he's familiar with the program right now. But then at the same time, I guess the program is, I mean, look, I know it wasn't that long ago that they were you know, NCAA champions or, you know, in the, in the, the, the final four and everything. But um, I, I, I mean, Sackhouse, what makes you believe that? And I, I think he's going to end up being a solid coach, but I just think it's unproven right now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as a Duke fan, I've had to think about eventually replacing coach K and oh, maybe like 10 or 15 years or so <laughs> obviously stem cell, that, baby stem cell that long. But so uh, to me, I think uh, previous head coaching experience is paramount when you take a top five job in the country. And I also think ties to the university are way overrated. Yeah. So I don't think you necessarily have to go Stackhouse or Hubert Davis. Actually, if I was a UNC fan, I don't think either of those guys have proven themselves enough as a coach. You know, uh, I mean, Hubert Davis has, he's only been a coach for four or five years and he's never been a head coach anywhere else. He's ready to take the the main gig at UNC. Mm, mm. Let me ask you about this. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel great about it. Let me ask you about Nate Oates. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I mean, obviously he did well at Buffalo. You saw what he did in year two at Alabama, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so you would definitely be catching him on the rise. Uh, that's not bad. I, I think I'd I'd prefer him over uh, the the other two we just mentioned. What about Eric Musselman? I would think like I'm just trying to think outside the box. Yeah, okay, Hubert Davis, Stackhouse, and then you got to think. Well, they, if they're making a list, Brad Stevens and and Porter Moser have to be on that probably. But I'm also thinking sure. Eric Musselman. And uh, in Nate Oates, and I'm trying to think. Perhaps well, is there any a beeline? You think would he even make that list? He might be too old. Yeah, you know, the last time UNC went through this, they they struck gold with Roy Williams. They were able to grab a coach from Kansas, another blue blood. But basically, that's because he was a UNC guy and he was an assistant under um, 
uh, Dean, Smith. Dean, Dean Smith. Smith. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to grab someone of that caliber. So they might have to roll the dice a little bit more with, you know, maybe a, like an, a, a Nate Oates or something. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but um, without having too much time to sit and think who might be, you know, realistic candidates, it's pretty wide open. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, I mean, what other gigantic name? I mean, obviously they would not do Patino or anything. I, I think it's, I honestly think if they want to be cutting edge, I think Oates and Musselman are the two young hires that everyone is talking about. Um, How about like a Dana Altman? I actually just looked at him right now, but I don't see any ties to the East coast, but I mean, yeah, I think he's a great coach. I think it'd be a great hire, but I mean, he the only ties would be Nike. <laughs> that's true. But he I mean, is 62. He is 62 years old. Is that a is little 62? Yeah. I'm on his, I'm on his Wikipedia right now. Yeah, he looks good for his age. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think he was that old. I think that's older than Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 62, you could obviously have 10 more years. I don't think that is a, a, a you know disqualifier. I think Roy Williams was probably what mid fifties oh, when he came over. Yeah. Kelvin Sampson is 65. Never mind. Uh, but Kelvin yeah. Sampson is from the state of North Carolina and he played at UNC Pembroke. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, what I, they got to turn somewhere. It's as compelling though. I mean, this college basketball off season is not going to be like the, the normal college basketball off season. Cause at the same time, Chris beard, this one made a lot more sense. So, I mean, I guess the, uh, the Roy Williams one, I guess I, I thought it would happen in the next couple of years, but I thought he would hang on for another two or three. Right. Um, but Chris beard leaves Texas tech for Texas. Uh, didn't surprise me too much. The money at Texas is, is never ending. And then the fact that he went there and he also, they also gave him his first job as a grad assistant. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I was getting ready to, to bash Chris beard. Cause I thought, come on in conference in state, uh, he was paid. He was a top five uh, paid head coach as it was. So it wasn't like, you know, Texas tech was, you know, doing him dirty and, and, and not paying him much. Um, but then, you know, when I, when I, when I looked into it further, I, I saw his ties to the university of Texas. Then it's like, all right, you know, I guess I'll give him a pass, but you, you just never like to see where a coach goes to a rival school, especially when it's like I said, in state in conference, but I guess his ties to the program made some sense. Um, and it, so, you know, now Texas tech, we mentioned on some, on some other pods, some of the other good mid major coaches within the state or close by. I wonder if that's uh, the direction they'll turn. Yeah. And I wonder like that for some reason, I, I have no I mean, I haven't heard anything, but for some reason I thought I could see beeline there. Hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know. Just cause I figure like no one, I know Texas techs come somewhat of a national power now over the past few yeah. years, but prior to that, they were kind of, you know, n- non-existent in, in, in the big 12. So well, they, they did grab Bobby Knight for a few years out of the blue. That actually <laughs> so. might've been the start of that program, like being a regular team in the tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beeline would have total rain there. He wouldn't have a whole lot of pressure. You know, um, I think they would give him at, at least a good four or five years. Um, that's that, that might make a lot of sense, but, but he's been mentioned in all these jobs, but he's been very quiet. We don't even know if he's interested in coming back yeah. to the coach. Do yeah. we? I mean, 
I, I just wonder, I mean, do they go young? Do they, do they go, you know, Abilene Christian's coach? Do they go grant McCaskill in North Texas? Do they go mills from oral Roberts? I think all of them would probably be solid because I yeah. mean, they're all Scott drew guys. I mean, right. Uh, right. Exactly. But I don't know. I mean, I saw that. Uh, I, I mean, I guess we should hit on this before we touch on the final four though, but Kyler Edwards, the minute uh, beard left, he announced he was grad transferring. Um, a a a slew of grad transfers. I mean, this is chaos here. Uh, and I'm just going to touch on this just for a second. But I, I mean, I think yesterday was big news because you got uh, a a ton of Memphis players transferred. Um, which makes me now. I mean, I was bullish on Memphis for next year. Um, I I I I'm even drawing a blank on. I mean, yesterday there was like 20 names. Oh, a bunch of St. John's guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is chaos. Oh, Arkansas, Arkansas Sills from Arkansas announces he's transferring. I mean, just a slew of very good basketball players. Uh, it's hard to keep track of. Like, uh, eventually, once the final four ends, I'm gonna have to to go through the list and like start a spreadsheet because it's this year by far more than ever before, and it's only gonna keep on coming because now we're seeing these coaching dominoes. Yeah. As soon as your coach leaves, usually there's a mass exodus. So now you're going to have a bunch of Texas tech guys leaving whoever UNC hires. If they are a current head coach, you know, from the school that they're leaving, those guys are going to transfer. So <laughs> we've only, you know, opened the the can so far. We, we haven't even been able to drink it all yet. Cause there's going to be a lot more coming. Yeah. Ch- Chandler lost another one, Oregon. And he played some key minutes from him. he's transferring. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to do a special podcast just on the transfer portal. Um, but let's get to yeah. the the final four here. All right, look, I, I gotta just I gotta just do this. All right, why should you be excited for the final four? Because you got Gonzaga, undefeated Gonzaga, trying to do what no team's done since 1970 and go undefeated. You got the Houston Cougars, Kelvin Sampson. Right, he resurrected a program that hasn't been to the Final Four since 1984 with the Kimolajwana Drexler. They're a mid-major from the AAC. Then you got the UCLA Bruins. Yes, oh, they have a ton of national championships, but it's been quite a while. It has been quite a while, night since 1995. And guess what? When they hired Mick Cronin, a lot of publications said it was just a. The, the whole coaching coaching search was a mess and they settled for Cronin. It was a terrible hire. Well, guess what? Cronin doing a nice fuck you back and taking the Bruins as, as an 11 seed in the play in games to the final four. And then you got the Baylor bears who haven't been to a final four since the seventies, Scott drew resurrecting this program in the past 10 years, doing a great job. I mean, if this isn't compelling, I don't know what is. I can't wait for Saturday. Um, I really can't wait for these matchups. I love both matchups. Um, what do you, what's your first take? Let's just start out uh, rough before you get into the games. What, what do you, what's your take on the final four? I think it should be great. Uh, especially that Houston Baylor game, man. Uh, the teams are so similar in a lot of regards and it, it helps that, you know, they're from the same state and one's big 12 and one's mid major ish, you know, and then you had the whole storyline of Gonzaga, the possibly undefeated season against, you know, the blue blood UCLA most national championship wins ever back to prominence, you know? So uh, I think these should be two very entertaining games. Um, The first one, the Houston Baylor game, I think that's anybody's game right there. 
obviously I think Gonzaga is going to beat UCLA, but maybe UCLA can do enough to keep it close. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, man, it should be some good basketball Saturday evening. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is. I think it's a it's a money. Uh, f- f- I'm I, I'm a, I'm in like a, a, a no, I'm gonna win regardless because I got. I would love to see Gonzaga run the table. I think I'd be great for their program and how many years they've been working towards this. Um, I have Baylor beating Gonzaga in my bracket, and then I Houston. Uh, you know me, I'm a mid. I love the mid majors. I love the AAC. East Carolina could use a nice paycheck if Houston wins. Right. And then you have uh, UCLA, which I think is a great story just because, uh, you know, the, the, they had their, their top recruit coming in projected starter stolen by the G league days before. I mean, I'm talking like a day before the season. I feel like um, then they lose their top scorer for the season in January. And then Jalen Hill, their, 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 their big man, one of their best players on their team, uh, you know, COVID issue. I don't understand what happened, but he left the team. Um, and they've had to just battle a ton of adversity and, and it, I mean, even the Mick Cronin hire, a lot of people were skeptical on that. So it's a good story. I know it's a blue blood, but it's a great story of what they're doing. So uh, plus they're just a really enjoyable team to watch. Oh, I love watching them in out of I all mean, four this, teams left. They're my favorite team to watch. There's something they have like really unique players, unique looking, you know, uh, cool names, uh, it's just a team that it's hard not to root for. Um, and you know, I mean, I picked UCLA in the preseason to win the pac 12. It took them a while to get to where they're playing now. Obviously a lot of those reasons you just mentioned as to why, but uh, dude, they've just been playing great ball and Johnny Juzang. I mean, Balling. that dude is just on fire. I don't know how he left Kentucky and then to see what Jamie Haquez jr. That, that dude's fun to watch because he's just a, a you know, a hustler does everything for you. Uh, and Jules Bernard and, and tiger Campbell, and you can keep on going down the list here, but they're a really fun team to watch. Obviously I've, they've overachieved big time, but they're about to run into that Gonzaga buzzsaw here. And damn, does Gonzaga look good or what? Yeah. And I keep fading them and I'm just, uh, I'm just getting destroyed. I am surprised. And, and I'm curious your take on this because Creighton played a track meet with Gonzaga, which I think is the dumbest approach right to trying to beat Gonzaga and I and I don't know if it's just Gonzaga so good offensively and so good at passing but I figured USC wouldn't do that and USC kind of did in in from my watch viewing of it uh I I thought USC being a top 10 defense, I th- thought they would still try to slow the game down and make yeah. uh, and they well, d- they didn't do that but what's both that? teams are going to try to force tempo you know now like if you're like a UVA fan and Tony Bennett you know that they're going to force their tempo. And it's very rarely that, that a team that wants to play quicker is able to. So uh, you're right. I totally agree. UCLA needs to slow this game down. They need to muck it up big time. They need to make it as physical as possible. Uh, you know, they need to kind of get under the skin of Gonzaga, make things difficult. Don't let them just, you know, pass it around and look like the globe trotters. Well, I, I think that's that's their, their only hope. I think they got a shot though, man. I mean, everyone said Alabama's tempo and their we knew their tempo was at through the roof and, and their, their defense, uh, you know, was ranked third in the nation. Alabama's Michigan's defense was ranked fourth in the nation. And the irony here is that UCLA that was back in the forties. And that's why, you know, you can throw these, some of these stats out because this team has changed so much throughout the season. Uh, 
Yeah, UCLA held Alabama to 28 first half points. They held Michigan to 23 first half points. Mick Cronin is a defensive specialist. That is his forte. That's why you know when he was an assistant under Rick Pitino, that was his thing. Um, I, I think giving him five days, I understand the Zags offense is number one in the nation and, and they look amazing. I can't say anything bad about that offense, but I do think giving Mick Cronin, five, if they had caught this on the rebound, if they had played them when they played Michigan, I thought it'd be a worse matchup for UCLA, but giving Mick Cronin five days and you're giving me 14 points. I'm all over the Bruins here, man. I actually I've think, got- I think they could win outright. Yeah, I mean, I, I went back and forth. I've settled on taking the points as well. Um, at some point, I mean, Gonzaga is a really good team here, but they're not, you know, all time best ever. So at some point, they're going to face some kind of adversity in this tournament. It really hasn't happened yet. I mean, they've pretty easily cruised to up until this point. They were down really early against uh, in the second round. Uh, who would they play? It was Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma might have been up like. I don't know, 10 to two or 10 to four or something, but they easily, you know, got that lead back, took the lead and, and you know, ran away with it. So at some point they're going to face some adversity and then, and what happens when they do, uh, you know, will they tighten up some, you know, if it's a single digit game going into halftime and the weight of an undefeated season, you know, the weight of Gonzaga finally winning a national championship will the players, you know, feel that pressure and UCLA has got no pressure on them, man. Yeah. They can, they come in and they can just do what they do. Um, I'm taking the points too. It took me a while to get to that point, but I, I think it's too many. I think if it was 10 or 12, then I would consider Gonzaga more. Maybe I would have ended up picking Gonzaga, but 14 and a half. I mean, I don't know. I'm going UCLA. Hey, can we talk about this? I think I like the. I don't know if I. The more I study this game, the more I think UCLA can win this outright. UCLA, Tiger Campbell, has. I mean, they they haven't. They don't turn the ball over. They don't turn the ball over offensively, and, and I find that shocking. Gonzaga, even again, or Gonzaga, whatever. I'm I'm mispronouncing that name. Uh, playing a, against Creighton, turned the ball over. I think 16 times. All right, Creighton's not a defensive force by any means. Now they, they cut it down to 10 against USC, but UCLA seven turnovers against Alabama, eight against Michigan, the whole game. And and if you look at, if you watch that Michigan game, they had like three or four turnovers in the first three minutes. So they basically went like uh, the rest of the game with like, f- you know, th- four turnovers. That's unbelievable. I mean, this offense is so efficient right now. And tiger Campbell's a main part of that. Um, I'm so in, so intrigued by watching the the Campbell Suggs matchup. Obviously, Suggs, you know, many say a top five pick, but I I I have been blown away by and just impressed with Tiger Campbell, man. Uh, but I mean, you got to hit on that. What what do you think on that the offensive efficiency of UCLA against Nick? They're, they're playing the third and fourth ranked defenses, and they've turned they barely turned over the ball. So l- let me just preface this with they played okay. Uh, Alabama was the third ranked defense in the country. Michigan was the fourth. They have a combined 15 turnovers in two games against the third and fourth best defenses. Gonzaga had 16 against Creighton. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, obviously limiting turnovers is going to be crucial against Gonzaga. UCLA has to pretty much play the perfect game. Cause look, they're not as talented. They're not as deep. They're just overall, they're not as good of a team as Gonzaga that, but that does not mean they can't win a game in a one game scenario. So yes, be efficient, limit turnovers. And part of that efficiency, efficiency is hitting shots. 
And that's what Johnny Juzang. I mean, I don't care if there's a hand in your face. He's just freaking filling it up. If he can stay hot, then Hey, they got a chance, man. Uh, I'm all over the Bruins, man. I mean, the, the more I dove into those stats, the more I was like, I mean, at first I was like, I don't know. They're, they'll cover 14, but they'll probably lose by 12. The more I dove into it, I'm like, I, I why they could win this. I'm like, uh, they, if you turn over the ball that little and you give Mick Cronin five days to dial up just a little bit of defense to, 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 to make this Zags offense, perhaps struggle a tiny bit. I don't know. Call me crazy. Well, it should be said that you love yourself an underdog. <laughs> there is a chance that Gonzaga just wipes the floor with the 11 seed. <laughs> of course, of course. But st- I mean, the history is on my side in final four matchups, but I think you're right. I mean, I'm with, I'm with you. I mean, do, but uh, tell me wh- when you see a team turn the ball over that little, uh, it just makes me think like that's you're getting s- great efficiency out of your offense. And I know they're not charted in the top 10, but the Zags are the number one offense, but they've been, they've been the more turnover prone team the past yeah. two games. Well, I think they have to limit Gonzaga under their, their average. I think I don't have the number in front of me, but get, uh, I think Gonzaga is averaging at least 80 points a game. So somehow they got to get Gonzaga down to like 65 or 70. And that is easier said than done. Cause Gonzaga has so many offensive weapons. They're going to be a mismatch. I think one of the keys is perimeter defense. If they can hold Suggs and company and, 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 you know, not let them get the ball into Timmy and Kispert down low as easily as they've done in the past, then you got a chance here, but it's going to be, it's going to be hard to keep that, you know, offensive juggernaut of, of Gonzaga to, you know, 65 points or something. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk Houston Baylor. Okay. Cause I, uh, this is one that my initial reaction I recorded right after that UCLA game. Uh, I recorded the with Patty C, and I said oh, I'll take Baylor. And then the more I thought about it, even in that episode, I'm changing my opinion to Houston because they are mirror <laughs> images. They are mirror images to me. They run the same. They they would go four guards, one big, four guards, one big, both both teams, and Houston takes care of the the ball at a better rate than Baylor does. They shoot way better at the free throw line. Uh, and yes, Baylor does shoot better from the three point line. But really, when I think of what Giroux did to Ethan Thompson, I think Giroux is going to lock up on Jared Butler. And I think he's going to take Butler out of the game. And now, granted, Macy Oteague, you know, Baylor's got a slew of guys uh, that, that uh, Mitchell, that can pick up the slack. But I just think he, the more I, 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 Houston's defense has been better than Baylor's throughout the season. They rebound better. I don't see why I shouldn't be taking the points here. I mean, I think Houston's a live dog here. I think that I think that way more of a live dog, obviously than UCLA. And, yeah. and I, w- when you, the only thing I can really see is that Baylor's just a lot better at the three point line, which could be dangerous. Well, I will give you some stats to kind of back up what you're thinking. So Baylor has lost twice on the season. That was once to Kansas in late February in their second game back from the COVID break and once to Oklahoma state in the big 12 tournament. In both of those games, Baylor shot below 25% from three Uh, in total. It was 12 of 54 combined. On the season, Houston is the fifth best team in the country, limiting opponents to 28.3% from three. Mm. So, as far as field goal percentage from three defense, Houston top five in the country. Now, we saw Baylor go cold from the perimeter against Villanova, 
and they were still able to come back and drive more, get the ball inside more. They cannot do that against Houston. They, you know, Houston's just a better team than Villanova. So if Baylor goes cold from the perimeter, they're in trouble. And Houston does have a really good three point defense. Is there a coaching edge? I mean, Samson's been to the final four before, but who cares? I mean, Scott Drew's been to the yeah. elite eight before. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, is it yeah. really that big of a coaching edge if you've one guy's been to the final four, one's been to the the elite eight? I I don't know. Um, but now that, I will say Baylor's benefit is that they're deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got Adam Flagler and Matthew Mayer coming off the bench, and either one of those guys is capable of putting up twenty. If Houston had Caleb Mills, they would win the national championship. Probably you might be right. Cause yeah. Houston, I mean, with um, Sasser Grimes and Jero, they're all playing like 35 plus minutes of late. So if one of them is off or if one of them is in foul trouble, there's really no one coming off the bench to, to be able to provide any kind of, of scoring or energy or defense. Baylor has that in Flagler and mayor. That could be the difference. I don't know. So who are you going? I like the points too. I think um, I think Baylor wins. I think they're a little bit better and deeper, uh, but uh, they are m- almost mirror images of each other. So if you're going to give me five points, I might as well take them. Uh, I mean, look, we're agreeing way too much. That means we'll probably go zero and two. Yeah, I'm on Houston all day. I, I think this is a great matchup. I I I, I actually think if you. I think Houston's going to win it outright based off of what I am. If they can stop the three and avoid foul trouble, I think they win it outright. So give me the Cougars to get it done here. Um, well then, I mean, what about national championship? I mean, I, so Houston Gonzaga national championship. Uh, oh, what happened to that UCLA money line talk? No, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I think they could dude, I, but I obviously I'm going to take the Zags. I, I have the Zags in my bracket against Baylor. Um, I, I was anticipating Baylor not playing Houston though, but um, uh, then I would probably, if, if it's Zags Houston, I'll go Zags. Yeah. I think a Zag wins either way. And, and maybe I'm well, first off, they've looked the best. They've looked the most dominant, but I do, I will win a, a bracket pool and, you know, win a few hundred bucks if Gonzaga wins the national championship. So I'm rooting for the undefeated season. I think if Baylor plays Gonzaga, I could see Baylor being a tougher matchup for Gonzaga than Houston. Probably because of depth. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Go, go Bruins. I want, I, let's do some upset city here. Let's go. I mean, I, I guess I'm happy whoever wins these games. It's a great final four for me. It's one of my fa- <laughs> one of my favorite year. I mean, obviously I want to win my bets, but like I said, my bracket has Baylor winning it all. So Hell, I'm in a good well, spot. B- between that, FCS football and uh, Major League Baseball opening up, uh, should be a fun weekend. Yes, for sure, man. Uh, if you're a first time listener to the college experience, make sure you subscribe. We handicap every single Division One college basketball and college football game uh, for four years now. We talk college football, college basketball year round, yes, and we've been over 500. Me, Patty C, NC Nick picking every game. We also have been way over 500 on our locks. So get over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Check out uh, the spreadsheet that we release daily with all of our picks. It's basically a free source of income. Now um, after one year, you could say, you know, these idiots got lucky, but four years in now, you can't say that we know what we're doing. 
so get over there, check it out. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And if you're, if you're, if you're really swift, if you really want to do us a solid, cause we give you these free picks, get to iTunes, give us a five star. If you say some nice things about us, if you do take a screenshot of your review, tag me at the Colby D on Twitter, and I will uh, send you a college experience t-shirt. How about that? Huh? At the Colby D on Twitter. NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one. And the sports gambling podcast is on Twitter at the SGP network. Give us all a follow guys. This is the college experience. Final four style. You better start thinking about yours. And we have.